Good week and everyone. And welcome back Good to the Labor Day. Day weekend. Yes, I have been laboring. And welcome back all to the Dayton to Detroit podcast, of which labor has always been a big part of both of our cities. How you guys doing? Doing well. Doing fine. All right. Anything uh, especially of interest going on? Oh, I got I got to treat myself, but I don't want to. You don't want to spoil the surprise? Dive yeah. in. Well, I got, well, I just got some free money. Cool. Nice. Yeah. Um, go to missingmoney.com. Uh, this, this, I have no, uh, I'm not getting any money from them from saying this. Uh, my wife just sent me a text money, text message. She said, you should go check. Uh, and I've got over a hundred dollars coming to me from, uh, old Google checks that, uh, went to a former address and I just discovered oh. and so they're sending me some money so you should check it yourself missingmoney.com uh, missingmoney.com yeah, maybe I'm, I have a bank account I forgot about 20 bucks in it yeah I guess my uh, my um, or my in-laws had uh, quite a bit you know, just over years, stuff being returned from you know, a service charge here, whatever. Uh, My buddy bought a, a Dogecoin for a fraction of a cent as a joke. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, he maybe spent $200 on it, and I think he ended up making like $1,400 and sold it. And uh, he probably could have held on to it <clears throat> and uh, made even more, but you never know. You know, yeah, I got shirt on crypto. Yeah, I bought like, I think it was like $10 worth of Bitcoin. In like, 19, in 2010? Sometime around then. I mean, it got up to, it was like 150 bucks or something like that. And then I was like, oh, this is going to crash. Okay. <laughs> this is too good you know I, yeah i could have put more money in to begin with but you know then i was like uh, and uh yeah it, it's pretty much it's a it's a giant ponzi scheme uh yeah. and uh some people made out well on it though i mean i could have bought one bitcoin for 200 dollars back in 2012 i think and sold it in you know 2020 for thirty thousand dollars but it's it's also reached you know giant heights and then crashed and people have lost a lot of money on it yeah uh it's not something that's backed by i mean it's not really a currency uh it's more like a uh a currency note like hey this is a note for the currency i owe you or <laughs> well, that reminds me of uh, what do they call those things? The uh, NFTs, yeah, non fungible yeah. tokens. You're not buying the painting, you're buying a token of the painting. <laughs> yeah, so, so you can cash it. In. Yeah, it, it's, it's, well, what is it? It's a JPEG. <laughs> Just, just it's a computer just, file, and yeah, uh, yeah, you can own it, but you don't really own it. <laughs> I, don't I, don't know about, I don't know about you guys, but I live to funge. 
<laughs> I, I was thinking if we were smart, we would create some non-fungible tokens. Yeah. You know, be the artist who uh, produces yeah. a few of them. Well, I think it was such a scam because I've seen recently some people like uh, whose big fortunes have, have crashed. Um, I mean, the NFTs, how, how, how long did that craze last? Like two weeks? It seemed like it. I think it was a little longer, but yeah, two weeks is a good enough approximation of what yeah. lasted. Yeah, yeah, where there was a bunch of like hype over it, and you know, everyone's doing NFTs. Basketball oh. players bought into it and lost everything. Yeah, Trump had his yeah. own M- NFTs and a Trump NFT. There you yeah. go. Yeah, yeah, it's just like, like th- there'll always be an industry for get wet rich quick. Rolling suckers. There'll always be, yeah. That's that's one of the maybe like that's one of those industries that can't ever be destroyed by AI. Is the rolling suckers industry? AI will be probably the foremost practitioner of it once. It oh gets yeah, stolen. like once the scammers like really figure out how they can use AI to like pull scams off, it'll be just it'll be the wild west. They'll um, already take a little sample kind of, of your voice and call your family and and in your voice tell them that you've been kidnapped and send money now true but uh, that's maybe what a a good reason why we don't use our real names (laughs) 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 i have a bigger worry about a a good story in the last week the fbi brought down the quack bot that had infected seven hundred thousand computers worldwide And they uh, uh, wedged their own server into the network and replacing the actual central server of this hacker farm and then sent orders to the 700,000 computers that have been infected and uh, ordered them all to uh, sterilize themselves and permanently disconnect from the network of, of the hackers. Which is a nice coup for the FBI. You know, they don't uh, they don't get a lot of credit a lot of time. And stop stopping large scale computer hacking and crime uh, seems to be like uh, kind of like that's the purview of the government now. Like, I mean, it's always been you know like the U.S. military. Well, they always you know uh, they always say it's it's for demo- spreading democracy and you know the rights of man over. Uh, brutal dictatorships. Eh, it's really about opening up uh, lanes of commerce, and well, uh, the, uh, that's kind of what the FBI is like, making sure the commerce is you safe can't do on business the internet. If the criminals have taken over, yeah, yeah. business cannot uh, thrive. The um, the uh, globalization that seemed so destructive back when it was really being kind of brutally implemented. America was being deindustrialized, and Detroit and Dayton were both turned into, you know, Rust Belt brownfields. Uh, that globalization was really pretty good uh, after some time for the whole world. And one of the things it relied on was uh, the U.S. Navy basically making the sea lanes available to everyone. Uh, only now, uh, you know, the corruption in our naval procurement system has grown so great that we, our last few, uh, 
warship building programs at, at all levels uh, have produced garbage and uh, unusable ships. And uh, it's a real problem for that defense of, of uh, open free trade via the sea lanes. Yep. Uh, that is uh, that is the truth about the, what they do. I get you know. I guess I could do worse things uh, than keeping commerce, keeping shopping open. But we uh, all rely on on uh, safe commerce and business for the economy and for the American economy and the world economy to a greater degree than we probably realize we rely on it for life itself like uh, if we want to be honest about it, whether you, we may not like that but like i mean just consider the amount of food and um just like essential things that you you have to have whether it's you know, food energy housing it's almost all wrapped up around some corporation of some sort or many of them um so it's yeah, a complex interrelated system that delivers the food and the energy that we all rely on. It certainly yeah. is. But uh, I hate I, to admit, you know, that there's anything uh, uh, <laughs> good or <laughs> benef- uh, what's the word I'm looking at? Beneficent. <laughs> the uh, global corporate network. But yeah, it's delivering. Well, you know, you can always argue like, you know, it's uh, not delivering fairly or, you know, but our lives are, unfortunately or fortunately, you know, it's a yin and a yang, but they're completely tied to uh, the machine and keeping the machine going. We were talking a minute ago about, you know, the commerce needing the rule of law. And it takes me back to a discussion that uh, we were having up here in Detroit this morning over brunch about just how important the rule of law is to everyone and uh, especially to the yahoos that seem so willing to tear it down. They got no clue how bad they will suffer when it's gone. Oh, yeah. Hey, don't to Haiti. Oh, yeah. Haiti or Somali, there's yeah. great examples of what. Well, Ma- yeah, I mean, Maui got hit by a you know, natural disaster. Not Maui, right? Somalia. Oh, Somalia, yeah. One of my you know, favorite. The libertarian paradise. Yeah. Although yeah. I don't think, like, Haiti is really. Uh, is Haiti a fair comparison to Somalia? Because, like, Haiti's basically been punished ever since, like, the slaves revolted to form Haiti. And yeah, the the history of Haiti is really a pretty, pretty sad grim. commentary. Yeah. On yeah, it's like we're Western we're gonna don't you do. ever try this again. This is what'll happen to you if you uh, try yeah. a slave revolt and take the whole country over. Um, still, still, they've done them uh, no favor. Yeah. Oh, we're yeah, we're all we've still been, and people are still messing with Haiti. So yeah. like, that's like Haiti, Haiti. one of those situations. Yeah, exactly. It's like man. Y'all had to be really mean. Uh, they, they got their thing together. They revolted. It, it was pretty righteous, you know. They revolted because uh, they were being enslaved. <laughs> that sounds like a pretty righteous revolt to me. Uh, but uh, Then they got punished for doing it. 
The French demanded gigantic reparations for all the French property that the new Haitian government had taken over. It's like, it was our island before you got here. Yeah. Now we got to pay you off to leave after we threw you out? Yeah, we are, we are like, uh, we are Haiti, like, definitely the the uh, European powers, uh, of which, like, I, you know, you could argue that America is even, like, just a... Well, the U.S. government... An extension of European powers. For 100 years. Yeah. Yeah. So... Yeah, let's uh, let's give Haiti reparations. I'm for let's it. Let's turn uh, the United States into Haiti. Turn it over to Republicans and the, what is it, the Federalist Society Plan 2025? Make the president a dictator, whether it's Trump or some other Republican, we don't really care. But uh, yeah, gut the power of Congress to control the purse strings or anything else. Make it just a, a unitary government by the executive. Well, we're all and they're just, happy with that idea. We, well, you know, if that happens, we'll just all like be able to roam around and breathe the free air of freedom. Yeah, I, America I with, our, with all our free. spare time. <laughs> how long? How long do you think that would last? About before it devolves into something even worse. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We devolve to something worse real quick. Let's say six real months. Quick. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you, in in no time at all, you'd have eighty type bedlam. You would. Yeah. You have people killing each other for food. And look what happens if you get any any dis- perturbation, any serious perturbation in the food distribution system. Woo. I mean, you, you know yeah. what you're going to take, a week? Well, if the grocery be, stores aren't getting the trucks coming Yeah, to them. I mean, they'll be eating each other in the streets. Yeah, and, that, you know, that's what these uh, uh, preppers have been hoping for for years. You know, they got stockpiles of guns and ammo. Yeah, the militias, yeah. The militias. Yeah, that that's actually, I mean, they talk about protecting you know, the country against incursions by the federal government. But that that's a cover. That's a cover. If you've ever really talked to any of those people, they all have an apocalyptic view of the future where the infrastructure is going to fail and the government's going to fail and you're going to have anarchy. They're tooled up to step in as warlords. Well, what they don't realize is if if the government collapses and the rule of law collapses and local law enforcement collapses, then sure. who will fill that vacuum will be the rich because they will be able to fund wow. their own militias. And these yahoos aren't going to be fighting for themselves. They're going to be fighting for the strong man, the rich guy. Yeah, because the rich will be able to buy... Uh, things like planes and armored vehicles. Well, yeah, they'll have private uh, armor. The services yeah. of yahoos with AR-15s and yeah. basements full of ammo. Yeah, that's uh, that's not really uh, a revolution in the making, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> you know, there's there's no it's supply chain. There's no supply chain there. There's no uh, you you have no uh, water purification units. Uh, oh, I've boy. never I've never heard any like anybody. Uh, in that realm, like talk about all you know, well, it'll be a civil war. Well, how are you gonna? 
uh, you'll probably a lot, you'll, your enemy will probably blow up your water pipes. Uh, how are you going to? Uh, or Man. you'll do that to the enemy or whatever. Yeah, there's so many questions. Uh, sewage systems, clean sewage water, system, clean water delivery. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Who's gonna do your laundry? Who's gonna cook? Uh, yeah, these are all. Uh, and who's Where gonna are you pay getting for your gas and electric? Yeah, how are you gonna Ooh, pay everyone? Gasoline. You know, because yeah. ideology will last about a week, and then yeah, you're like, I need, I need paid. <laughs> this ain't worth it. The, uh, the oil refinery, the big target in Mad Max. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, if you want a, a halfway decent uh, snapshot of, of, of a possible anarchic warlordish future, take a look at the movie The Postman. <laughs> oh, who starred in that now? I can picture his face. Uh, Kevin Costner. Well, Kevin I'm, thinking, I'm thinking that uh, the future is now, and it's at Burning Man. 70,000 people in the desert being told to ration their water and food because we well, can't get you well, out. Yeah. Mad Max. Yeah. Mad Max. Could yeah, we see, could we see Burning Man devolve into cannibalism? Where, yeah. uh, <laughs> I shouldn't laugh uh, about, about cannibalism, but Burning Man's always uh, kind of struck me. It's, it's, a. Uh, kind of like i've never been to burning man because it just every time i've seen a report or a documentary on burning man it just seemed like a place i didn't want to go you know hey uh, there's no barking on the podcast yeah, yeah. it was, it was kind of like go uh, off the burning man yeah <laughs> it was kind of like a Burning looks like man, a giant grateful dead show cannibalism soon those seventy thousand people can't get out yeah, sure. so they could be. It looks right now they're just like floating in their own feces uh, right now. Um, yeah, they got some people up here with uh, candles. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm reading some article on CNN.com. Death, oh, someone died. Uh, yeah, don't know if it was from the floods. Dead there. Yeah, don't know mm -hmm. what caused it, but yeah, it could have been not, not recording. But anyway. You know, the other thing about Burning Man is, uh, as I understand it, every time they hold it, they leave a gigantic pile of garbage behind, which seems so human. Oh, yeah. And well, plus, it's supposed to be like all these like artsy, progressive people. Right. Um, but it's just like. It's Trashing just, the desert and leaving in a bunch of RVs, you know. Uh, but it, I, there's there's some. It, it is kind of nice to see all these vehicles just stuck in the mud, <laughs> going, <laughs> going nowhere, you know. Uh, I recently and, watched the movie about the fire festival that that was such a debacle on uh, Grand Exuma Island in the Bahamas. Oh, yeah. For $400,000, you can fly there on a private jet and eat gourmet meals while you're staying in your luxury villa and seeing an amazing lineup of bands. When they got there, having paid the $400,000, there was no private plane. It was you know, more like a flying school bus. And then on a school bus, which dropped you off at basically um, what amounted to uh, uh, a tent city 
of uh, leftover hurricane relief tents and <laughs> air mattresses. Uh, and it had been pouring rain and everything was soggy and waterlogged. No bands ever played. And then they couldn't even leave. <laughs> there was no food. They, they gave them, you know, two slices of Wonder Bread and a piece of Velveeta. That was your yeah. gourmet meal. And the but guy that- went to prison for like six years. And now he's getting out of prison and he's selling tickets for the next fire festival. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think he should have went to prison for that. But what, like, number one, if you're willing to pay $400,000 for a concert ticket. You deserve what you got. Hey, you know there's no barking on the podcast. Come on. And you could also say that, like, hey, um, you got the adventure you were looking for. <laughs> you wanted, <laughs> you wanted you an adventure. It. You got it. <laughs> you wanted me, but you got it. This whole thing was a work of art, man. Yeah, this whole... was a performance art. <laughs> this yeah. whole thing was performance <laughs> art. The tents, and the whole the story oh, but, that we told you that was. But the real, we we a minute ago we were talking about this devolution and cannibalism and all that. They said when the sun went down that night after all these hipsters had arrived that basically it turned into lord of the flies it would yeah real fast i mean the desert this was not in a desert but this was on an island in the bahamas there's no place to go and nothing to do (laughs) you can't charge your phone there's no toilets there's no air conditioning it's 105 degrees it's very humid complaining about (laughs) so that brings me to another kind of subject is uh you know a lot of people complain about rich people and the uh, disparity of wealth the one good thing one good thing about rich people is that they're so easy to rip off (laughs) some of them (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> some of them and a lot of them maybe not like the super super rich or maybe some of them are but like that uh um kind of get close to rich 100 grand to buy tickets to the fire festival seem like they're in the category you're talking about oh yeah yeah they're, they're smack dab in the middle of it <laughs> and there maybe there needs to be like a university because i know i've known guys who've made a lot of money um grifting rich people either uh through some kind of financial scheme uh or like the biggest thing is just like contractors like overcharging uh you know double triple in their money in rich neighborhoods because these people they don't know they don't jack squat about you know anything mechanical or you know 99 percent of the time they're like yeah they're doctors lawyers and you're like oh i got a plumbing problem you know could be a couple little uh little screws or something you have to go down to lowe's to get but you know that's two thousand dollars tradesmen tradesmen take advantage of people's lack of knowledge and laziness all the time sure oh yeah i've seen landscapers do it too man just like oh i saw like a pretty small backyard uh redone for basically just gravel and mulch dumped in uh you know in a little pattern <laughs> uh 
for like that was like close to twenty grand. <laughs> I, I'm always amazed by uh, HGTV. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the, these here's this young gay couple. Uh, one of them's thirty, and the other's twenty-eight. Uh, they just bought a two million dollar home, and now here comes the half million dollar landscaping. <laughs> you know they're being they're being ripped off at every at every turn. Yeah, well, what yes. they never show is where do these people get the money to buy that house and to pay the exorbitant fees for Selling. all the remodeling they think they have to have. Or are they all just actors and they make the whole yeah. thing up? They, most of them made their fortune selling gasoline-powered pubic scalping machines <laughs> to porn stars. Yeah. Where can you buy one of those? <laughs> I, I'll come up with a number. <laughs> the pubic scalpers sounds like a good punk rock band. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the pube scalpers. Yeah. <laughs> I think I saw them at St. Andrews Hall back in the 90s. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that always used to amaze me. A half million dollar landscaping job. Oh, yeah. I've seen also weddings. Yeah. Weddings are another realm of where you can rip, rip uh, rich people off. I've seen people spend $100,000, $200,000 on weddings. Uh, I know I they have, the, they have shows about it on TV with the bridezillas. There's probably people who spend more than that. You know, that's uh, I've seen that here in my uh, daughter's got a dream wedding. The marriage ain't gonna last six months, but I'm gonna spend two million dollars. A million, yeah, because she demands it. Yeah, nothing's too good for my little daughter. Well, she's held on an aircraft carrier, a privately owned aircraft carrier. Yeah, incredible. You know, there used to be the idea of noblesse oblige. And if you were powerful in society, if you were wealthy in society, there was an idea that you had to give back, that you had an obligation. To those who much, somehow much has been given. Yeah. Not just to be a parasite on. And yeah. Not just to exist to indulge your every whim. Well, a lot of these guys satisfied that public service stuff by establishing monuments to themselves. I created jobs. I mean, Look at all museums, the jobs I created. Yeah, the Carnegie Institute. I mean, they that's what they often did. And they would Oh, you mean back in the day of the foundation, the the uh, yeah. the Ford yeah. Foundation, the Carnegie Foundation. Yeah. Yeah, they're not. Yeah, do people you know, do that anymore? I mean, Bill Gates, he became a big philanthropist, but I don't know if anybody really trusts him. There are up foundations, but, you know, they're not out there handing out uh, grilled cheese sandwiches to the impoverished. No. <laughs> they're not, soup kitchens are out. Now, it, it's, you know, it's like pharaohs. They've got to build monuments for themselves. The Sackler family comes to mind. Yeah, those beneficent philanthropists endowing wings at universities, or yeah. art, great sure. art edifices. Are yeah. they, are the money they, they made people? from the opioid crisis. Yeah, yeah, we were uh, 
I'm not sure if we are now. We were like Dayton was um, not too far from me, actually. Uh, kind of the center point of the uh, opioid crisis. Uh, oh, I gotta believe Dayton was probably absolutely yeah, we were, we were no, yeah, we were number one in overdoses for many years. It's uh, I mean, it's, it's been still horrible going up here. Yeah, yeah, and you know what? Uh, what people really uh, it what tied it back to was uh, places where their people had suffered uh, injuries from uh, repetitive injuries, stress. Sure, um, were the most likely. Sure, uh, they needed medication. Yes, they get into pain oh, pills. So many and... high school athletes got injured and then were, because OxyContin was the new wonder drug, you couldn't get hooked on it. There was no way it was ever going to be bad for you. Right. And doctors were all told, go ahead and push this stuff on everybody for everything. There'll be no repercussions. Congress was convinced that Oxycontin was a new wonder drug. It would never be abused by anybody. The Sackler family reaped billions off it. There had to be a conduit for all that Afghan opium to get into the American public and make the money. Uh, what they call B-52s? <laughs> 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 I mean, uh, yeah, I've seen the... Uh, I've seen the videos of the U.S. soldiers guarding the uh, poppy fields. Yeah. Uh, Europe was also ravaged by opioids. Yeah, I mean, we went over there to get uh, Osama bin Laden. Uh, didn't get him. And so we should have left then, right? We left. <laughs> and only had, no, had no reason. <laughs> Yeah, so nobody will talk about Afghanistan anymore. We all just want to forget it. Yep, like it never happened. Or Iraq. They were horrible mistakes. Everybody more or less agrees yeah. on that now, but nobody really wants to talk about it or look at it or ask any hard questions about how and why it happened and who profited. Halliburton. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. All all defense uh, contractors i would say uh it's a cash cow yeah <laughs> um and it allowed us to have a good dose of donald rumsfeld yeah not <laughs> not soldiers yeah <laughs> donald rumsfeld yeah i not, feel better for it not enlisted troops that's that's definitely for sure but um yeah, I think uh, the whole thing uh, is, was a trauma reaction, right? I mean, well, approval look, for the whole thing was a trauma reaction. We're not allowed yeah. to look at history or understand history yeah, anymore. The, but if we had, we would. History teaches you not to invade Afghanistan. Yeah, the, the, oh, yeah. the British, at the height of their power, lost three wars <laughs> there. The Soviets, at the height of their power couldn't even win the war on their doorstep. Yeah, and Not it was even already... Alexander the Great or Genghis Khan could conquer Afghanistan. Yeah, it already it had the nickname where the empires go to on. die. Pardon? It had already had the nickname where empires go to die before, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, we invaded. Long before we got there. Although... Right. Us 10 years in and said, 
wow, first we watched you repeat the mistakes we made. Now we've been watching you come up with all new mistakes of your own. Yeah, but like, I think the U.S., like after the first 10 years, uh, once like the U.S. leadership, like on the ground over there, kind of realized that uh, this is going to be a long haul, they ended up making deals with like all the uh, like locals and local warlords and shit. You had uh, to. Yeah. Um, and basically we said, you know, we're going over here. You stay over there. If it's, uh, and uh, it'll all be cool. And we'll all get out of here alive. Um, and there was a lot of that going on. You know, but, you're not, uh, you know, there's nobody ever defined what winning the war would be. Yeah. Yeah, once again. There could never, ever be winning it. It could only just drag on until we quit. Iraq and Iraq yeah. and Afghanistan. No exit strategy. Yeah, the whole, the only win was basically like, well, there's, they got no army here that could like face down the U.S. Army on the ground. Uh, like, okay, yeah. A country incapable of even defending itself, let yeah. alone invading anywhere else. Yeah, oh, yeah, all they got are like, you know, uh, IEDs and, you know, sneak attacks and stuff like that. Um, but no kind of systematic ability. No real army. Yeah, but but enough to make it annoying long enough to where people are like, why in the hell are we doing over there? Just, you know, why are people still being killed over there? For what? They wage guerrilla war against any occupier they have for a couple thousand years. Yeah. That's so, about all they're really capable of. Yeah. Well, you can see how well they govern now. Everything, yeah, what? It's much been a paradise since we left. <laughs> well, I, I guess we've, uh, there's, they're not a whole, they've been punishing Afghanistan to, uh, loans. Well, as the Taliban financially punished the women for their gender, then <laughs> the international community punishes the whole country by withholding the loans that had already been set up to give them. But yeah, yeah. I, I can't really blame anybody for not wanting to hand money over the Taliban. Yeah. Uh, I don't, yeah. It was but ill The leaders thought. aren't the ones suffering, as always. Yeah, the whole thing was so ill thought, you know, thought out anyway. But, you know, they could have they could have just sent like uh, special forces like we're in the Tora Bora or wherever well, he's that works in the beginning a few special forces troopers on mules mm -hmm. and with money overthrew the Taliban <laughs> they, but it was easy to overthrow them in the beginning because they were located in the cities mm -hmm. I mean you know you knew where they were once they Once scatter to the hills and out in the hinterland, you can't find yeah, them. Yeah, now yeah, they're hard. They're hard to find. Yeah, well, uh, kind of like a lucid Mitch McConnell. Hard <laughs> to find. Afghanistan, you know, there's borders where the Taliban can retreat over and regroup and rearm. Right. Just yeah, like the right. Viet Cong had in Vietnam, yeah. and you would have thought we would have learned the lesson from Vietnam. You cannot defeat an insurgency yeah. that has sanctuaries. Yeah, the sanctuary was uh, Pakistan. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And now Pakistan, by all accounts, is being destabilized in the a aftermath of the Afghan war. 
Yeah, well, and they've got nukes. <laughs> my heart bleeds for Pakistan. Hmm. Yep. So you know the uh, the uh, the geopoliticers uh, going back to like the late eighteen hundreds, turn of the century nineteen hundred. Uh, Halford Mackinder and the thinkers that uh, followed him uh, said that you know the world is divided into the heartland and the rimland. And Britain and the U.S. their empires are are you know seaborne and uh, based on the Rimland, but they thought that if you could control the Heartland, that you could ultimately control the world. And they all pointed to Afghanistan as the key terrain to control the Heartland. And so when Cheney and Rumsfeld, you know, bet the farm on our occupation of Afghanistan, uh, they were really seizing what had been seen for over a hundred years as the key terrain in the world and staking everything on our ability to hold it. And we could for 20 years. Yeah. A lot of good it did anybody. A lot of good it did us. Yeah, we or just held, yeah, we just basically held like military bases that were uh, heavily fortified and Alexander the Great found that he could rule just as much of Afghanistan as his soldiers had their boots on. <laughs> we, our experience was a, no different. Yeah, I mean, we did have a lot less troops killed in Afghanistan, comparatively speaking, say, to like the Soviets. Our medical evacuation is much better, but there's a whole lot of uh, American veterans that are missing limbs now or have uh, traumatic head injuries. Or PTSD. Yeah. Um, it cost yeah. us a million dollars a year to keep uh, one American soldier in Afghanistan. So how many did we keep there over 20 years? So we got less than a minute. So um, I would say that even though it was uh, kind of tumultuous, getting out of Afghanistan was a... Uh, it was good. Yeah, it was a, that was a good move. It needed um, doing. Yeah, it was long, long overdue. And it did and, uh, Trump and Biden to get it done. And yeah, God bless the, the real problem do. is that the evacuation was done on impulse. This is true. It wasn't. The evacuation was, was dreadful. It was. Yeah, it was I mean, it completely wasn't And yeah. what was the rush? What was the rush? Well, they had a date. They had yeah, a date. date. Yeah, but that's artificial. That's true. Yeah. Look, gentlemen, it's been a great week. A great evening. The time is up. It always goes fast. It's it's a a pleasure. We'll do it again.